This is History Talks with History Buff 1836, a podcast about the constitutional rights of America. I'm History Buff 1836, as your host. Welcome back to History. Welcome back to History Talks. In this episode, we'll be discussing Amendment 11 through 16. Last time on on Constitutional Rights of America, we talked about the Bill of Rights, and that is Amendments 1 through 16, I mean 1 through 10. Those were the first 10 that were proposed. So Amendment 11. Is as follows. The judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend any suit in law or equity commenced or persecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. In order to understand this and most amendments, we have to break it down. First three words is in this amendment judicial power. Judicial power is the system of courts, meaning the Supreme Court in this context. And the Supreme Court of the United States should not be construed meaning to interpret or to analyze. Continuing on the Supreme Court shall not be interpreted to hold to any suit in law or the subject of the justice of a case. To start a case against one of the United States and some else, someone else of another country. So changes in other article in the Constitution from now. A person will not be allowed to bring a case of suit against a state to the Supreme Court. This protects states from being sued federally. I mean, on certain... Circumstances, Congress does allow state governments to be sued at a federal level, and like during the civil rights movement, an example, Tinker versus Texas, Board versus Brown versus Board of Education. All right, Amendment 12, Section 1 is a long one, so brace yourselves. The electoral electors shall meet in the prospective state and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be inhabited of the same state with themselves. The state shall name with themselves they shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and distinct Ballots the person voted for as vice president. The electoral sh- shall meet in the perspective, respective states, and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be inhabited of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president 
and its distinct ballots, the person voted for as vice president. And they shall make distinct list of all persons voted for as president, and of all persons voted for vice president. And a number of votes for each, which list they shall sign and certify, and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States, directed to the president of the Senate. The president of the Senate shall in presence of the Senate and House of Representatives open all the certificates and votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be president. And if number, if such a number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed and no person have such majority then from the persons having the highest number not exceeding three on the list of those voted for as president. The House of Representatives to choose immediately by ballot the person but not choosing the president. The votes shall be taken by state. This representation of each state having one vote quorum of this purpose shall consist of a member of an are members of two-thirds of the states, and a majority of all states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president, whenever the right of a choice shall be devolved upon them before the 4th of March next following, then the Vice President shall act as President. As in case of death or the constitutional disability, the President, end quote. So, yes, that was a very long one. But basically, Section 1 is saying that the electors from the Electoral College shall meet in their state that they are tied to to place their vote for president and then seal up and give it to the president of the Senate. And then there's a special procedure if that electoral is living in the same state as the president nomination is from, nominees. Once in D.C., they'll compile a list of all those who have voted for either side, president and vice president, and yes, the Electoral College is a complicated thing. So there is a video that, and it can be a, I can do a whole entire video on that, but I'm not. So if you're still not quite understanding the Electoral College, Prager University has a video entitled, quote, do you understand the Electoral College, end quote. And the link will be in the show notes below. Amendment 12, Section 2 reads as quotes, Persons having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be vice president. With such number, a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, if no person have the majority, then from the highest numbers of the list, the Senate shall choose a vice president. Quorum of the purpose shall consist of two thirds of the whole number of senators. The majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice. But no person could constitutionally ineligible of office of president shall be eligible to be a vice president of the United States. And quote, again, talking about elections and electoral college. This time, it's all about the vice president. Majority of the time, the elected president will appoint a person for the vice president role of his cabinet members, and those will be have to get approved. Next few amendments are having to deal with African-American rights. So next up is amendment 13, Section 1, is, quote, Neither slavery or involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist with the United States or any place subject in their jurisdiction 
and quotes of his outlaws slavery making it illegal to have slaves or to force someone to work for you without pay. And number section, amendment number 13, section 2, quote, Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Quote, gives Congress the right to make laws and the power to make sure those laws are being followed and there is no illegal slavery. After this, the South adopted black codes and, and Jim Crow law, laws too which is basically slavery by another name. And there is tiny, tiny, tiny bit of pay, but then you have to pay that back. And complicated. Not really complicated, but it's just a cycle. So we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, we're talking about Amendments 14 through 16. Stay tuned. And we are back with Section 14. Number one is as quote. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction, therefore, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within the jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. End quote. That's giving everyone that's born in the United States and former slaves the right to become citizens automatically. And section 2 is as follows. Quote, representatives shall be appointed among the several states according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians, not taxed, but when the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors and president United States, representatives in Congress, the executive and judicial officers of a state, or the members of the legislature thereof is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state being 21 years of age and citizens of the United States or any way of bridge except for precipitation, rebellion, or other crime, the spaces of representation therein shall be reduced in proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number of male citizens 21 years of age in such state. End quote. And so in section 2 is basically, sorry, counting the whole population toward the number of representatives in the state. When they were making the constitution, they did not count all the slaves in the states, only three-fourths counted toward the population. Now all four slaves count toward the population. Except for the Indians that are not taxed. Section number three is as follows No person shall be senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the present state, United States, or any other state who have previously taken an oath. As a member of Congress, or as officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislator, or as an executive judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by the vote of two thirds of each house, remove such disability. Quote, no one shall, no one shall hold any public or political office, or being the military without taking an oath before 
beforehand. Those may vary from state to state, but states, the oath or justice stays the same. Just someone who swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States in a fifth. There is other state provision to uphold the state's Constitution, too. So, section four is the validity of public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts insured, incurred for payment uh, of pensions and bounties for, for services and suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned, but neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in any aid of sur- insurrection sorry, or rebellion against the United States. Or any claim of the loss of impensation of any slave by it. All such debt obligations and claims shall be held illegal and void. End quote. So the 14th Amendment, Section 4, outlaws prohibits the repaying of the debt to, that the anti Confederate state could pay back. Without, you know, and banning the payment to any former slaveholder as compensation of the loss of losing slaves when they were emancipated. Section 5 is. Quote, the Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Quote, and that is, this is re- repeating the last section's majority of the new amendments after the Bill of Rights were ratified. And you see them on the lot of them, and that is basically Congress has authority to make laws and to enforce that laws to make sure that amendment is being enforced. So, Amendment 15, Section 1 reads, The right of citizens in the United States to vote shall not be denied or the bridge of the United States or any state on account of race, color, or provisions, condition, or servitude. End quote. That voting right that gives voting rights to of any race if you are a male. Section two is the same as the last section in most of the amendments of Congress that Congress has power to enforce them. And lastly, Amendment sixteen is the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever sources derived without appropriate among the several states and without regard to any citizens or immunity. So this implements income taxes. And that's a whole long story about income taxes and things like that. But the gist of it is Congress can now collect income taxes to help pay fund government to find government programs, pay the road, pay them to, and then the state and city collecting tax goes to whatever the city is managing, like to the streets, public parks, and stuff like that. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Constitutional Rights in America. I will see you next week on History Talks with History Rep 8.6. Also, this was supposed to be out like two weeks ago, but hey, life happens. And on Instagram, I posted this graphic and the um, caption was if you paid attention there's a spoiler or a sneak peek in there so starting June 9th I believe I am bringing back this week in history podcast uh, but the change is going to go in depth of it and so yeah without further ado peace
This has been History Talks with History Buff 1836. Thank you for listening.